you're listening to Save Me an ILC, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hey! hey. <laughs> also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hi! Oh. <laughs> and this week, we are all back together again. Yay! Woo. Katie's back! I'm back! Yay! Didn't get eaten! This time. <laughs> so... This week, we are covering the 1954 hit, The Pajama Game. And it is one of my favorite older ones, and I'm excited to cover it. We are covering the original Broadway cast recording, which will be linked in our show notes, as always. And there is also the 1957 film soundtrack, as well as the 2006 Broadway revival on Spotify. But we are just going off the original one from 1954. OG, baby! (laughs) <laughs> what? All right. Which hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> Somebody's got to be the hype man <laughs> or woman. 50s. That's true. It can be anybody, person, hype, individual. <laughs> huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm the hype thing. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you special. <laughs> yep. You me. So a little bit of a background on our show today. Uh, It is based on the 1953 novel Seven and a Half Cents by Richard Beisel. Maybe that's the way you pronounce that. Bizzle? (laughs) Bizzle, probably. with Beisel. Beisel is fancier. Sounds fancier. (laughs) You know, what if we just start the trend of never getting any names right? So you offend everyone equally. Yes. Perfect. Can't yell at us in the comments if everything (laughs) is wrong. If everything's wrong. (laughs) Like, My mom like, can't yell at us anymore. Look at the next line. Georg. <laughs> Georg a boat. A boat. <laughs> the musical book was written by George Abbott and Richard Beisel. I almost said it a boot. Because <laughs> it ruined it for me. It's already begun. The music and lyrics were by Richard Adler and Jerry Ross. And for productions, it originally opened at the St. James Theater on May 13th, 1954 and closed on November 24th, 1956, after 1,063 performances. Pretty solid. Mm -hmm. uh, Two years? Yeah. It was directed by George Abbott and Jerome Robbins, and it featured choreography by Bob Fosse. Pretty sure we've seen all these names before, so that's pretty cool. The original cast included John Raitt, Janice Page, Eddie Foy Jr., Carol Haney, Ralph Dunn, Stanley Prager, and Thelma Pellish. Another notable thing about this production is the start of Shirley MacLaine's career. Hmm. She was actually an understudy to Carol Haney and filled the role for several months while Haney was out to an injured ankle. Director-slash-producer Hal B. Wallace was in the audience at one of MacLaine's performances and signed her as a contract player for Paramount Pictures, like, that same day. So that's, like, Hmm. super crazy. I think she was in an Alfred Hitchcock film. After that, it went to Australia and New Zealand um, February 2nd, 1957 to March 12th, 1958. Okay. And like Katie mentioned earlier, there was the film created in 1957. So this film was released by the Warner Brothers, and it featured the original stage cast except for Janice Page, whose role was actually played by Doris Day, and Stanley Prager, whose role was played by Jack Straw. According to Page, the studio desired as many members of the original Broadway cast as possible, but for one of the leads to be a movie star. So, you know, have to have a little bit of recognizable... Star power. Yeah. The male lead was actually offered to Frank Sinatra, and had he accepted it, Page would have kept her role 
that was then offered a Doris Day. So that would have been interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, things work out for a reason. So uh, the choreography for the movie was also by Bob Fosse, who did the choreography for the stage production. At the time of its release, the movie received a favorable review by Bosley Crowther of the New York Times. He compared the film favorably to the Broadway stage version and said the film is as good as it was on stage, which was quite good enough for many thousand happy customers over a period of a couple of years. Okay. He also said that it is fresh, funny, lively, and tuneful. Indeed, in certain respects, such as when they all go out on the factory picnic, it is even more lively than it was on stage. So I think that's pretty... Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. There was a Broadway revival which opened on December 9th, 1973 at the Lutfontein Theater, but closed on February 3rd, 1974 after just 65 performances. At the West End, it arrived at the Victoria Palace in October 1999 and closed on December 18th, 1999. It had a second Broadway revival. It opened at the Roundabout Theatre Company on February 23rd, 2006, and closed on June 17th, 2006, after 129 performances and 41 previews. This one added three songs, also by Richard Adler. Hmm. It also had a stint at the Chichester Festival Theatre. It opened on April 22nd, 2013, and the sold-out run ended on June 8th, 2013, so that was pretty good. Nice. Yep. Yeah. And then on May 1st, 2014, it was transferred to the West End's Shaftesbury Theatre, closing on September 13th, 2014. All right. The Pajama Game has also won plenty of awards. So in 1955, they won three Tonys. Uh, so those are for mm. Best Musical, Best Performance by a Featured Actress in a Musical, and Best Choreography. Mm. Then in 2006, that won two Tonys. So those are for Best Revival of a Musical and Best Choreography. Pretty cool. It also won one Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Choreography, one Outer Critics Circle Award for Outstanding Choreography, and won the Theater World Award awarded to Harry Connick Jr. And it was actually nominated for a whole bunch of other awards for the 2006 revival as well. Nice. Yeah, so it was uh, very uh, well-received, especially for its choreography, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So with all of that out of the way, let's go ahead and hop our way into Act 1. So we start out and there is a strike that is brewing at the Sleep Tight Pajama Factory. So workers churn out pajamas at a backbreaking pace, and this song is The Pajama Game and also Racing with the Clock. We are introduced to a new superintendent, Sib Sorokin, who comes from out of town to work in the factory. And the song is A New Town is a Blue Town. The union, led by Prez, is demanding a seven and a half cent raise. Here we meet Babe, who is part of the union, which puts her against Sid, but their first interaction sends sparks flying between them. <gasps> Typical. So, yeah. Ugh. Gross. Gosh, Gosh, these people wanting to be happy, but oh, they're on other sides. <laughs> but in a turn of events, Babe appears to reject Sid, but her coworkers think something is going on between them. And this song is I'm Not At All In Love, which is a fun song. And she's like, no, I'm not in love. And they're like, yeah, but you really look like you are. <laughs> mm, girl. You don't know it yet, but you are. It's a really fun one. You definitely is. Because we're in a musical. <laughs> True. Meanwhile, Heinz, the efficiency expert at the factory, is in love with Gladys, the company president's secretary. However, he loves her, but keeps pushing her away with his extremely jealous behavior. That would do it. Which, listen, 
Just cut that man out. <laughs> Only mine. Yeah, ugh, gross. So they get into another fight, and Mabel, Sid's secretary, tries to help Heinz break his jealous ways and get him thinking differently in the song I'll Never Be Jealous Again, in which she presents like a bunch of scenarios. It's like, well, what if you caught her doing this? Would you trust that she's being faithful, or is she up to something shady? And he has to fight his jealousy or whatever nonsense. They're always up to something shady. <laughs> if she breathed, she got thought. <laughs> Whoa. Can't trust any of these women. Whoa. <laughs> Little extreme, guys. It's the 50s. Nah. <laughs> so Sid is once again rejected by Babe, and he's forced to deal with his emotions that he discovered literally like two seconds ago. But now they can't live without each other. Yeah. Musicals. <laughs> So he speaks his feelings into a dictation device, which gives himself advice. So he's like singing into it to tell himself to stop being an idiot. It's it's odd, but it makes for a really good song, which is called <laughs> Hey There, which was actually covered quite a bit when it came out. And I think it actually is still in like some of the top charts of that era. Interesting. Think of that year of like 1954. It's like in its top 10. He's having a crazy conversation with himself. Yes, but it sounds really cool. It's a duet with himself. It's kind of neat. So, note to self, speaking to yourself is okay. Yes. If you do it with a dictation device. Yeah, as long as you dictate it to yourself and then sing back to it. Got it. You're good. I figure you're just throwing some song and dance no matter what. Is that what you do? (laughs) Yeah. It fools everybody. Nobody knows I'm crazy. (laughs) Nobody. No. Next up, there's an annual company picnic where a bunch of shenanigans take place, of course. What? This is the song Mm -hmm. Sleep Tight, because you can't have a picnic without shenanigans. And the song actually is like their factory song. Like, their their factory has an anthem. It's weird. (laughs) Yep. Prez, the leader of the union who is married, chases after Gladys, of (gasps) course. But she rejects his advances in the song Her Is... Which is an interesting song, for sure. Weird title. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's like, the, the kind of girl that's always dressed to kill isn't her, and she, like, her is. Like, she's like, I know I'm hot, but I'm not going to get with you. Because hey. <laughs> she's loyal to Heinz, no matter what he thinks. Hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting song, for sure. And actually, quick side note about the song and the soundtrack. It actually takes place before Sleep Tight. So you might see a little bit of weirdness there, but it's all good. Yeah, I... I it was a weird discrepancy, and I was like, what? <laughs> so then a drunken Heinz shows off his knife-throwing skills by throwing knives at Babe, which oh, would be terrifying. Yeah, What a psycho. She just, like, is okay with it, I guess? If he doesn't hit her, he must be good. In the movie, she, like, puts an apple on her head, and she's like, come on, Heinz, I believe in you. And he throws it and definitely doesn't hit the apple, but also doesn't hit her, so... Yeah. <laughs> right. Our next song up is Once a Year Day, and we see Babe warming up to Sid. Cute little moment there. Uh. Meanwhile, Prez turns his attention to May near the end of the picnic, and she responds more quickly and aggressively than he'd expected. And so this song is her <laughs> is Reprise, which is not on the soundtrack. Boo. Is that the, the wife? No, this is another girl that works at the factory. Oh, he's just a terrible he person. Just, oh, yeah, he's, he's the what they call a skirt chaser mm. from that time. There are so many love triangles. Well, he's just a host. This is like an octagon. A parallelogram. At this point. Yeah, he's, he's terrible. And none of the women like him. Good for them. Not, Except for May, apparently. Uh, <laughs> not even his wife. <laughs> his wife probably doesn't. 
At Babe's home, Sid is trying to be romantic towards her, but she keeps deflecting by using small talk in the song Small Talk. But eventually the walls between them come down and they admit their feelings for each other. In the song There Once Was a Man. Oh. Which is the best song. Like, oh. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard the soundtrack yet, but it's like the best song. So good. Is this like totally your favorite song? This is my favorite song. Oh my god. Oh it's my, my favorite in the show. Jesus sure. Christ. <laughs> Except one little uh, gripe I have. I don't know what her problem is, but the actress that sings in it, she makes it sound super weird, and I don't know why she does it. Like her tone is off? Yeah, you'd have to listen to understand, but she's like, she goes, uh, she has a high note, and then she instantly drops to a low, but it's not like a note. It's like her going, (laughs) 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 and it bothers me every time I hear it. (laughs) Are Are they doing the devil's tango? No. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why she does it because I don't think Doris Day does it either. Like in the film version, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Hmm. It's weird. Okay, I'll, I'll make you listen to it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, weird uh, noises aside. Yeah. Things between Babe and Sid do get a little tense as they plan to return to work because, of course, they are on opposite sides there. So yeah, makes things a little weird. Ba ba ba. The Romeo and Juliet of the the pajama effect. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So a slowdown is being staged by the Union, strongly supported by Babe. And this is a Racing with the Clock reprise, which is not in the soundtrack. So they are going to go really slow and be real extra about it. Sid, who, remember, is the factory superintendent, demands an honest day's work and threatens to fire anyone not keeping up the pace. Which is in his right. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Babe is determined to keep up with the slowdown, though. And she kicks her foot into some machinery, causing a breakdown in equipment. And Sid, you know, of course, has to fire her. She does so reluctantly because they're kind of a thing now. But she leaves and he wonders again whether a romance between them is a mistake. In the song Hey There Reprise, which is also not in the soundtrack. Well, I think putting your foot in some machinery is is kind of dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. With how machinery was in the 50s, I'm surprised she didn't lose a foot. Or a leg. Or a whole building. Or, or she lost a whole hey, building. Hey, she's already survived having knives thrown at her, so she's just... She don't care. She's invincible yeah. at this point. Strong, independent woman who don't need no man or no factory. Or no knives. Or no knives. <laughs> <laughs> so that actually wraps up Act 1. It is a pretty short show. So what does everyone think so far? A lot of songs. Yeah. A lot of songs. It, but surprisingly, though, the weird thing about it is there's a lot of songs in it, but if you just listen to it... You don't really know what's going on. Nope. Huh. Usually on the ones that we covered that have had like every other song, it's been like you get the whole thing. Like uh, These don't like tell Hamilton stories. Or... No, they don't. Yeah. yeah. These aren't, yeah, these aren't really storytellers, but they are very fun in my opinion, but they just don't quite get the story across. That's a, that's a lighter story mm-hmm. compared to a lot of them. A lot some of the other covered, ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no murder in this one. Whoa. I know, it's unusual for shows that I pick. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you guys went with me, but I definitely saw this one at the Muni here in St. Louis. At Forest Park. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. So I don't remember. Did you did you go with me, Amber and Carter? I don't know. I don't remember this show. Okay, maybe it was just me and Mom. It might have been a, a slower night. But I did get to see this at the Muni, and it was very cute, very colorful. And yes, the choreography was top notch. Good. 
part of me wants to say my family went to this like when I was real little. But I do remember seeing a show about pajamas. About pajamas, but I can't remember a single thing of the show. Pajamas. I just remember it was weird that it had pajamas in the title. So maybe if I listen to the soundtrack, it might come back to me. It might spark <laughs> something. Return in a rush. But sounds fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I would actually be interested in watching the movie. Yeah, I did need to mention that I didn't put it in the beginning. I was going to talk about the end, but since we brought it up, the movie actually is available on the Daily Motion for free, so long as we're okay with watching ads every once in a while. Okay, okay. So mm-hmm. I am down for watching it. I've only seen pieces from what I was doing the research, and it looks like a lot of fun. I'm always down for musical movie nights. Yep. Movie yeah. night! But I will go ahead and link that on our website so you guys at home can find it as well. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. So how about we have Kylie take us away into our uh, factoid. Theater fact? <laughs> I didn't remember. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Kylie, take, take it, it away. away. <laughs> We've touched on it briefly in the past, but in 2007, there was a Broadway stagehand strike, which was a strike action by stagehands represented by the Theatrical Protective Union Number 1 of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, the IATSE, against the Schubert Organization, 17 theaters, Judamson Amusement Corporation, which is five theaters, and the Nederlander Organization, which is nine theaters. The strike, the first one in the union's 121-year history, commenced on November 10, 2007 at 10 a.m. in New York City, ended as both sides agreed to a settlement on November 28, 2007, at 10.30 p.m., with shows beginning the evening of November 29th. They wasted no time. The show must go on. It was the second strike on Broadway in five years, the other being 2003 Broadway Musician Strike, and it was the longest strike to hit Broadway since a 25-day musician strike in 1975. Hmm. Yeah, so maybe we'll do an episode specifically like on strikes and whatever, like a bonus episode or something. But I thought that this was pretty fitting, considering our current show, and we yeah, had I... and we had talked about it like in one episode at one. Yeah, because it affected like, oh. one of the shows that we talked about. Yeah, it's almost uh, almost a whole month of like no shows. That's yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty big. That hits them pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought that was that was interesting, and I'm, and it took a lot for me not to write like an entire page for you to, to read. <coughs> Because it was very interesting. Yeah, I'm curious what the strikes were about and what they were fighting for, so... Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Okay, we'll dive into that deeper at some point, I'm sure. So let's go ahead and march our way into Act 2. Yeah. So I think I can think of for strike, I I don't know, people march, right? Let's pick it up oh. with Act 2. Hey. Oh, yeah, pick it. Nice. I was going to say sew our way into Act 2 and that didn't make any sense. Oh, not really. I'm trying to think of a dumb pajama one, but it's not I really coming. It's not really coming to me. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stick with my yeah. picket. Let's just. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Act Two. We open at a union meeting, where Gladys performs for the rest of the union with the boys from the cutting room floor in the song "Steam Heat." And if you know any of the songs from this show, this is probably the one. It's just catchy and weird. It sounded the most familiar to me. So actually, in the 2006 revival, this was changed to May performing the song, as they thought it would make no sense for Gladys to do it, 
since Hines is already super jealous and would use this performance as an excuse to catch her doing something provocative. Which, again, throw out the whole man. But they're, like, not together. No, Hines and Gladys are. Oh, okay. They're dating. Oh, okay. Yeah. So May is the one that's dating the married man gotcha. currently. Okay, I'm following now. It's a mess. Yeah. After the main meeting, the grievance committee meets at Babe's house to discuss further tactics. So she's still being included, which I think is nice. So they talk about how they're going to mismatch pajama sizes and sew the fly buttons onto the bottom so they're likely to come off and leave the wearer pantsless. Yeah. Ooh, that'll get them. <laughs> that'll tell them. I mean, it looks pretty bad for a company. Yeah. But <laughs> at the meeting, we kind of see that Prez and May's relationship is waning, which, I mean, he's a married man and... I guess she's kind of a hoe. <laughs> so. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of a hoe. Because she definitely knows he's married, right? Mm-hmm. Sid actually arrives at the meeting and tries to smooth things out between him and Babe. And despite the fact that she has feelings for him, she pushes him away, sticking to her guns. And the song is Hey There, Reprise. Uh, again, there's there's two of them. I don't know why. But it's also in not in the soundtrack. <laughs> song not featuring in the soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back at the factory, the girls reassure Heinz, who is personally offended by the slowdown, offended. since he's a time study man. And so this is a song, Think of the Time I Save. Which is weird and definitely gives a look into his personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of being a psycho? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I a mean... time-stuck psycho. Yeah. He shaved yes. his beard in his bed. That's weird. Yeah, he does. And he digs his own grave before he's going to die. That's helpful. To save time. <laughs> Crazy, man. Also, Sid is now convinced that Babe's support of the Union is justified, so he finally kind of starts to see her perspective here, and he, in turn, which this confuses me, of course, but he, in turn, takes Gladys out for an evening to the nightclub, and the song is Hernando's Hideaway. Which I lied. This is probably the song that you know from the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. So, of course, it seems a little weird that, you know, Sid's taking Gladys out, but he's actually doing it so he can sneak the key of the company's books away from her. Meanwhile, Heinz and Babe catch them and think that they're becoming romantically involved. (gasps) Which, I mean, in this case, I kind of see where they're coming from because, like, they're literally on a sort of date. Right. Like, I would be concerned. So, Mm -hmm. it's fair. Yeah. And, you know, they got caught. And so, Babe storms out and Heinz believes his jealous imaginings have come true. And the song is I'll Never (gasps) Be Jealous Again Ballet. But it's not in the soundtrack. <laughs> of course. No, in the, the, the show. No, not the show. Broadway, stop doing this to us. Just give us all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Sid, using Gladys's key, gets access to the firm's books and discovers that the boss, Hasler, has actually already tacked on that extra seven and a half cents that the workers have been asking for, except he's been <gasps> pocketing the extra profits for himself. Oh. Dun, dun. That bastard. <laughs> yeah, so he already put it into the production costs and was like, I'm gonna keep these. Screw you guys. It's so mean. Money. I'm sure that's happening all over the place. Oh, yeah. But- I mean, it's literally so common, but also it's so mean. It is mean. So in Gladys's office, Heinz, still jealous out of his mind, flings knives past Sid and Gladys. Deliberately, he claims he misses. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or he's just really bad at it. Yeah, he's really bad. He's rather either really bad or really good at missing. I don't know. <laughs> really bad at hitting or really good at missing. Yes. But he also narrowly misses an increasingly paranoid Mr. Hassler, which he deserves to be spooked. Yes. Let's be real. 
After detaining Hines, Sid then bring, brings about Hassler's consent to a pay raise and rushes to bring the news to the union rally already in progress. And the song is seven and a half cents. And this is where they like go over the books and are like, this is how much money we're going to earn and stuff like that. You know, that's pretty neat. Yay. Woo. Woo. So the news brings peace back to the factory and to his love life as he reconnects with Babe. Which I, I don't know if he rehired her. I don't remember if that actually happens, but meh. <sighs> And the song is, There Once Was a Man Reprise. Not in the soundtrack. Hey, don't need a job if you're in a happy relationship. Yeah. All right, so I'm officially adding it to to my musical. There's going to be a song that's going to be... Titled Not in the Soundtrack. (laughs) Titled Not in the Soundtrack. And there's also going to be Not in the Soundtrack Reprise. Is it going to be in your soundtrack? Not in the soundtrack. (laughs) So the show ends with everyone going out to celebrate at Hernando's Hideaway, singing the Pajama Game finale. Ba ba ba! Union workers won. Yay! Kind of quick. Very quick. Like bam, bam, bam. It's only like a couple days too. I mean, that's typical musical fashion. But wild. True. But hey guys, I found the thing that fixes everything. Yay! Huzzah! I fixed my love life too. Yay! Yay. <laughs> the problem is over. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Definitely a cute little show. Mm-hmm. Nobody cute. died. Nobody yeah, died. that's a big deal. No one lost a foot. It's a big deal. <laughs> so it's definitely like a little quick, cutesy one. I think the soundtrack is only like 40 minutes. Also, fun fact on the soundtrack that I'm going to be linking in the show notes, it includes a couple bonus tracks, which are actually more like behind the scenes tracks. <laughs> so there's a couple like interviews. I think that's what they are. And they're talking about like why they did this or how this one went, and it's kind of it's kind of neat. There's like four extra bonus tracks. So that was the pajama game, everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's a cute little show, and I do recommend everyone watch it on the Daily Motion. I think is the only place currently that you can find it, or I think you could probably rent it from Amazon. Amazon has everything, right? Yeah, it does. But <laughs> it's got some stuff. Yeah. But you can find a lot of the clips, like all the musical numbers, I believe, are on YouTube. So if you don't want to actually watch it, but you want to know what's going on, you can do that too. But it's a good little film. And if it ever comes through again, you should definitely go see it. And we will go see it because I really liked it. From what I can remember, it was a very long time ago. But yeah, that's that's the show, you guys. Yeah. 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 It's cute. It. Go listen to it. It's very cute and very fast. Yeah. And now you know the story behind the music, because, again, it doesn't really help you. Nope. <laughs> I'm down to check it out. Whoop, whoop. My interest has been peaked. Has been peaked. So that wraps up this episode of Save Me an Isle Seat. Before we get out of here, a couple things. We did officially hit 500 downloads. Yay! Yay! And as soon as we are able to, we are going to go out for a steak, as is our usual tradition. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Steak! <laughs> so we are looking forward to that when our schedules all align. Also, a quick little plug here. The Mama, the one that we had on our bonus episode a couple months ago, and the one we talk about constantly, she now has her own podcast, which is coming out, I believe, the same day that this one is going out. So go ahead and check her out. It's called Bag of Bones. You can find that also at our website, which is www.ragtagnetwork.com. She has her own little blog on there as well. And uh, it's a spooky kind of history-esque 
podcast. I think it's very cool. I am editing that one so I could hear all the behind the scenes stuff. Go go ghost stories. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. It's it covers a lot of stuff. So it covers gangsters and murders and there's one about hoarders and ghosts. And the first episode actually takes place here in St. Louis. <gasps> hey listen, I'm haunting here. <laughs> Just combine all of them. <laughs> Mobster ghosts. <laughs> that were hoarders. <laughs> hey, I'm haunting my stuffy. <laughs> so yeah, so give her some support. Uh, she would really appreciate it. Again, her first three episodes are going live uh, tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Which is when this episode As will go up. Recording. Today. The 24th. Yeah, yeah, it'll go live on the 24th. So yeah, so go check her out and send her some love. Also check out our other podcast as well, which is called Total Tomfoolery. It is a D&D podcast if you're into that kind of thing. And I'm sure future projects, which will be coming out soon-ish. Woohoo! Yeah! Woo-hoo. Yep, so of course word of mouth is the best way to spread love for our podcast. So please just tell family, friends, strangers... Uh, your workmates, you know, just blast it while you're at work. Your dog. Your dog, man. Your cat. If they can, if they can download stuff, bring it on. Your vet. <laughs> hey, dogs have like Instagram accounts and stuff. That's true. true. Get us some Instagram dog supporters, and we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate any and all support. If you want to come by and say hello or give us suggestions on future shows, you can email us at saveanisleseat at gmail or you can tweet us at saveanisleseat on Twitter. Uh, Amber is always managing that, and she would love Chat some interactions, so go say hello to her. All the hashtags, bros. All the hashtags. I love hashtags. <laughs> yes, we've noticed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that'll wrap us up this week. We will catch you next week. I don't know what we're covering, but you'll know when we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. We will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Isle Seat. We do this show for fun, but if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtag network. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.